Easy Does It, a podcast by Easy Equity. What I'm appreciating about the property journey is learning how many various strategies there are. And the more you sort of start walking the property journey, the more access you have to like-minded people in the property game. And these people serve as your sort of advisors. They serve as your fellow investors. If you need capital injection from somebody, you can always, you know, plug into your network. And also hanging out with people like Sylvia Milosevic, who are very knowledgeable. They're always challenging my strategy and always forcing me to think differently. Welcome to Easy Does It, a podcast by Easy Equities, where we simplify money and investing. No jargon, no complications, your cool guide to investing. My name is DJ at large <laughs> and welcome to the easy does it podcast your cool guide to investing thank you so much to Carly Barnes and the fab four for holding things down on the women's day roundtable during the month of August they did such an amazing job so today's episode is dedicated to the first-time property investor perhaps you're looking to become Omastendi and have several rental properties or you want to find a fixer upper to renovate and sell for a massive uh, profit it all sounds very easy and attractive but before you you know you do the plunge you know there's a lot of things for you to consider so to help us to you know to get a little bit more information to get our heads around our heads around property investing we'll be hanging out with a man who's apparently obsessed with property maybe it's a bit of an exaggeration i mean he'll tell us a little bit more um he's one of the most talented south african entertainers he's an author a successful businessman he's even a student at business school and he also happens to be a property investor perhaps you've seen him on idols where he's in front of the camera and in the background or you might have recently spotted him on a brand new tv show called the property game his name is Tebu Khotekesho, most popularly known as proverb he joins us online and remotely proverb welcome to the easy does it podcast and thank you so much for your time DJ at large man i am floored by that intro thank you so much for the incredibly kind words i really do appreciate it and listen it's an absolute privilege to be chatting to you as soon as uh you reached out and i got an understanding of what your uh, what this uh, property is about uh, i figured i had to be a part of it man and just a quick correction it's not so much property that i'm obsessed with it's more financial freedom that i'm obsessed with Ooh, i love that i love that we're on the same page i mean that's what the easy does the podcast is all about you know it's it's about freedom you know and giving people the skills and the tools without the jargon the complication and all that craziness um you know Provert, before we get into the conversation in terms of you know property investing and and the lessons that you've 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 gotten from your own journey um, I have a random money question for you, right? So I want us to rewind time a little bit. If you could send a money message to 20-year-old proverb, what would that message be? You know what? It'll probably be something around instant gratification versus, you know, thinking about the future. I think when I was younger, it was all about, uh, you know, getting as much as I can right now, spending it as quick as I can. I had all these immediate goals and there's absolutely nothing wrong with those goals. But sometimes it's better to think longer term than to think in the short term. So I would probably give myself advice around thinking for for the future, uh, thinking ahead, thinking 
investing not only in myself but in my future as well as opposed to instant gratification as you're saying that i'm wondering is there any specific purchase you made and even now you're just like but what was i doing well look man i think then i was just obsessed i wanted my first car and i would stop at nothing every single cent that i made went towards saving uh, to a car and look i don't necessarily regret that decision because i did think uh it, it served me a lot now but i wonder if I had gotten into a property then, where would I be now? How large and uh, significant would my portfolio be now? But all of these mistakes only serve us in the future, brother. So uh, often, you know, we shouldn't think of them as, as regrets because they may not have set us on the path and the course that we're on now. So I, I absolutely have no regrets. I do wish I was a little bit better informed though. Ah, I see, I see, I see. You know, on a, on a recent Instagram live conversation you were having, which I absolutely loved, yeah. you kept emphasizing something, you know, the importance of investing in yourself, you know, with time, with effort. Um, why is this so important to you and and most importantly how have you done it in your own life brother in my own personal space man i feel like i i squandered a lot of opportunities i squandered a lot of time you know my my parents bless their heart uh always wanted me to uh, study always uh you know uh, availed opportunities for education but at the time i was stubborn i just wanted to be a rapper and uh, you know in hindsight as they say it's 2020 i sincerely wish i had studied back then a lot more given myself options still pursued my passion and my dream but at the same time really empower myself because i think i would be better positioned to make smarter decisions now uh, i'm 40 years old now and would you believe as you mentioned in your intro i am a first year student at regenesis business school something that i sincerely wish i had done earlier on in life but as I say, no regrets. I had to make these mistakes and blunders, brother, uh, because they've just put me in a better position now to take better advantage. So for me, personal development is a massive part of who I am. It is uh, a massive part of my narrative. Any opportunity I get to speak to somebody else, I say empower yourself at all times, develop yourself at all times, always have options, always have multiple hustles at all times. I love so much of what you say and you know to just be a fan of yours watching all your moves um, some people are so scared to start from scratch irrespective of age so to have the bravery to say yes I've achieved all these amazing things but I want to start from the scratch I want to start something new and I want to understand it I think it takes so much bravery because I'm even sure some of your classmates are like proverb when's Anna like proverb yeah with us why you know so i i absolutely i love that and and i commend it and i'm hoping that our listeners get inspiration just from that alone you know the, to not fear having to start something again irrespective of age or situation or or, or what it may be and i hope it's been a, a good journey for you so far at large um first of all it's been a fantastic journey man my my life has changed my perspective has changed i am making more informed decisions but i've also i've added to my sort of scope of skills and talent uh, i'm now able to penetrate the corporate market i serve on a couple of boards i don't know if you remember i served on the board of flight center currently serving on the board of uh, samro the south african music rights organization and all of these things um, is because I have empowered myself and they are positioning me better to take advantage of, uh, of other opportunities. Oh, talk about multiple streams of income. Hey, you're not playing games, eh? <laughs> Brother, I think I've played too long, man. The fact that I'm doing it all at 40 tells you that there's a good 20 years of uh, playing games, you know what I mean? So I definitely play, played uh, too many games, but uh, you better believe game time is over. And, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, Proverb, in all of the things that you do, 
you're on TV, you're doing voiceovers, you're doing campaigns, you've got a TV show, you're doing so much work. Where does this love for property emerge? Where does it come from? You know, I I, I love how you phrased it, man, because you, you mentioned everything that I do do, right? And if you notice what it all has in common is it is all short-lived. It is all dependent on being popular on being the face in front and all of that comes to an end eventually because there's always somebody younger better than you ready to just replace you at the drop of a hat you know as we speak how many people do you think are trying to take over the hosting of idols as an example or the property game or whatever the case may be because that's the nature of the industry so because it's so short-lived brother i had to start thinking about what happens when it all comes to an end? What's going to sustain me beyond that? How do I reach the kind of goals that I have set for myself? Uh, because ultimately, I, I am I am one man. I only have two hands. There's only so many hours in the day. So you have to start thinking about how do you create uh, passive income? You know, while I'm chatting to you right now, right? Uh, in this hour or however long it takes, what is generating income right now? While we're both sleeping, what is what is generating constant income at all times? We had this uh, and we still have this pandemic right now where the gig economy has pretty much shut down. So what happens during that time, brother? Where are we generating income? And so it uh, dawned on me that I need to uh, explore, you know, other avenues and property was definitely one. Um, I started off by just getting my first few properties, starting with my primary residence at the time. Then I attended an auction, got a secondary property, and then I bought uh, two other properties after that. But here's the thing is that I realized that I am working only on the limited information that I have. So as a result, I am making all sorts of blunders. I'm making ill-informed purchases and buys. And this completely opened my eyes as to what it is I am doing wrong, the mistakes I'm making. I am buying properties that I would only live in. And I'm thinking, my thinking is very short-sighted. Plus, I'm only utilizing one property strategy. So since doing that course, I have reevaluated my strategy completely. I've had to let go of some properties and reposition others and just change some strategies here and there. And I must tell you, hosting the property game alongside Sylvia Milosevic, who, by the way, is an incredibly knowledgeable person in property, has opened my mind even wider, brother. And I've realized there is so much more to learn, so many ways of skinning this cat. And I actually implore you to check out the show, man, because we can all definitely learn something from it. Oh, no, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the show. I, I think the inspiration to get you onto the podcast was was the show. But there was something else as well that inspired me. Um, last year, there was, a, there was an article by You Magazine and they, they sort of touched a little bit on your property. And I was like, eight properties? No, this is a lot. So I'm glad that you've really started touching on your own properties. Um, how many do you have currently? Um, how did you get into it? What has been your strategy? Has it been buying properties that are on auction? Or, I mean, tell us a bit about your, your strategy so far. All right, so the only strategy that I knew up to this point was uh, to buy property, to pay it off as quick as I can, get tenants in there and enjoy rental income, which is all good and well, absolutely nothing wrong with that strategy. But 
it is so limited in how quickly you grow uh it is a little bit misinformed in how much cash flow you're able to return because you're so obsessed with trying to pay this property off and i have since learned that you can leverage there are quicker smarter better ways of growing not only your property portfolio but growing your yield and how much profit you're able to get from your portfolio so since then i have learned that uh, you know some obvious ones include flips you know where you buy dilapidated old properties or just properties needing a little bit of tlc fixing them up putting them back on the market at a profit of course then i've also learned about multi-lets where you buy massive properties and you subdivide them and sub rent the spaces then i'm also learning about student accommodation where you buy old places potentially closer to you know uh, tertiary institutions you develop those a little bit put in some basic infrastructure including you know wi-fi and just general uh you know upkeep and uh you put those up for uh, student accommodation purposes and and multi man i can honestly go on and on but what i'm appreciating about the property journey is learning how many various strategies there are and the more you sort of start walking the property journey the more access you have to like-minded people in the property game and these people serve as your sort of advisors they serve as your fellow investors if you need capital injection from somebody you can always you know plug into your network uh and also hanging out with people like sylvia milosevic who are very knowledgeable they're always challenging my strategy uh and always forcing me to think differently by the way there's also things like offshore property investments which is a whole other thing where you know you can buy into other countries buy into a group of fellow owners uh so it gets very interesting man and the layers Every day, I think I'm discovering a new way of investing in property. I, th I think this is this is going to be a little bit of a, of an unfair question, but I, I think we're talking about it now, and perhaps you might even be considering changing your own strategy. Of these various strategies, which one do you feel? I mean, it's obvious it's a personal thing. Which one do you feel makes more sense? Wow, that that is that is a tough question um, because it kind of depends on where you are in your life. So, uh, what you want to achieve, if it's to achieve uh, you know getting immediate returns then strategies like flipping property makes perfect sense because you don't necessarily retain the property and also the timelines are a lot shorter but if you're somebody like me who's in it for the long game and you're in it for um, the legacy purposes and you want to leave an inheritance uh, to your children or you want them to get into the business at a later stage then retaining the properties and you know putting them up for rental is also a strategy that works but if you're somebody who uh, works in a team effort and you've got you know fellow investors who want to get into a property then things like multi-lets and student accommodation because they need a massive capital injection and the collective credit power uh, will also serve you well in securing some of those securing funding and uh, that'll definitely help you so again it depends on what it is you're trying to achieve that will dictate and inform which strategy works best for you and of course the importance of just research and planning and thinking i mean you've mentioned it quite a lot that there are people that you can lean on that know way more and and you're humble enough to say Ish, but is my strategy even making sense or what can i gain from that so i think there's also that aspect of 
don't just rush into it and and all of a sudden you're buying a property and you've not done your research you've not thought about it so that aspect would you say is also quite important in terms of the research and also humbling yourself you know having that mentality to want to learn before you even take the plunge brother i think that goes beyond property investment it's just a, a general life strategy to say we need to remain willing to learn at all times you never come into any situation assuming that you know all there is to know because then you make no room for growth no room for learning new strategies so i learn daily brother with everything that i do whether it be my literal studies whether i'm sitting in a boardroom those are all minds that are way beyond me even the production company that i run where we host idols my executive producer has so seasoned brother has been in the game for some 30 years plus so i learn every single day and i relish any opportunity to learn in fact as we speak i'm learning from you now brother watching how you navigate the show how you controlling that microphone how you posing the questions and just running this thing uh so i really really relish the opportunity to learn at all times oh man it's it's so humbling you know um I've worked in industries where I've dealt with a lot of celebrities. I, 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 some people don't like to be called that, but it's just for, for purposes of, of what I want to say. I've worked with a lot of influential celebrity CEOs and there's a, there's a sense of I know it all. Uh, you're on my time and I feel humbled talking to you. It, 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 it feels so honest and so real and I really, really love that. And I think that's how we need to carry ourselves. We need to carry ourselves with that mentality of I want to learn, I want to know. And if I'm getting into this property game, I need to humble myself. Um, you know, who are the masters? What are the masters doing? How do I take their strategies and, and create my own strategy from that? And, and, and then talking about the strategies and the lessons and so forth, I want to focus on the first two that you mentioned, right? So that's the flipping the property and the rental property you know what what investment principles have you learned in your journey because you've sort of dabbled in a little bit of those two you know you know there's a lot of things in terms of i've heard of purchase price you got to be careful location matters i mean what are some of these investment principles that you've learned along this journey there's a couple of things which i haven't necessarily been able to execute successfully myself but i am learning about them as i go right i'm loving and the honesty loving the honesty there you go the most recent one i learned about brother is guys are are getting into my brain that you can get into property investment without using your own money yo i don't know about you man but this blows my mind because i'm like i'm like how where what do you do it where does it come from the bank needs some kind of collateral uh and all these things so the, as I said, these are, I haven't necessarily applied the strategy myself because I haven't been exposed to a network of fellow investors for now. My property journey has been by myself alone, right? Uh, but now that I learned that you can sort of utilize the collective power of a network, I'm realizing that you can actually get into property investment without necessarily using your own money. So you can either leverage your existing properties or you can uh, take cash flow from your properties by sort of refinancing. That way, there isn't fresh capital coming from your pocket. Or you can also just connect with fellow like-minded people and say, all right, listen, if you put in an injection of this kind of capital, right, as soon as I get my return immediately, you start enjoying that profit immediately. I now have a new property and I enjoy the fruits of that going forward, right? That is one of the strategies, uh, uh, biggest one of the principles that I am only just learning, right? The other is things like when I started buying properties, all of them, in fact, I would say maybe the first three or four were all in the same area, in the same location, appealing to the same market. They were all more or less the same size. So I was yielding the same profit and also uh, I executed the same strategy. All right. So 
it was very limited it was very short-sighted that means should the property ever change in terms of the profile or the kind of uh you know traffic that it would attract that means i'd be stuck in that loop and should that area crash and the area you know the, the level of the area goes down uh that means all of my investments will be compromised but i have since learned to not only diversify my portfolio but to diversify where these investments are happening so since then i have cast the net wide not only in johannesburg or a particular suburb in in johannesburg but i've spread it in johannesburg i've also gotten property in the western cape out in kzn and it's a whole different profile of client the area grows at a different rate the investment sort of grows at a different pace and all these diversifying um aspects of really spreading out have really served me well as a, as a principal i think you asked for two and i hope those will do yeah, I, I, want, I want to actually engage on a little bit more of them because you've led me down another route. So we've touched on the importance of location. So, you know, being careful of where you buy, do a little bit of research on the area. Who's in that area? Is it old people? Is it young people? Is it is it students and so forth? I, I want to touch a bit on purchase price, which is something I've recently learned that, you know, if a, a property is 500,000, it doesn't necessarily mean it's 500,000. You can negotiate and sort of try and get the price low. Have you been able to negotiate the price or do you sort of just take whatever was was thrown at you? You never take what is thrown at you, man. Everything is always up for discussion. Uh, cash is king. If you have cash immediately, everyone's always open to discuss. Uh, estate agents are always happy to try and offer some kind of deal because ultimately they want the commission and maybe in there sometimes lies the opportunity to negotiate, especially if uh, you are an investor yourself. So there's a promises and commitments of future business. You start forging all these relationships, even with your bank, the kind of rates that you're able to get you can discuss if you build relationships so it all boils down to relationship building a network and then you can leverage it to uh, make prices uh, work for you but you never take the first price uh, it's only if there's you know absolutely no room for negotiation that you maybe have no choice but otherwise where you can always try and uh, and and discuss and negotiate especially at auctions you know you must always have your set price in mind uh and be unapologetic about you know you know never shifting from that particular point because you can get lost at an auction right uh, but you come in aggressive you come in determined coming knowing exactly uh the valuations that you have done for yourself you look at neighboring properties what they've all sold you do something called a comparative pricing and you know more or less what this property is valued at and then you come in hard and you go for what works for you that's what happens when the student starts to become the teacher. Did you hear all that, all that, all that knowledge, all that knowledge right there from from humbling yourself to learn, to ask, to research, and that brings us uh, to part one of our conversation with Proverb, talking all things investing and property. So lessons from Proverb's journey, from key investment principles, um, to, you know, to his own property strategy and portfolio. And in part two of our conversation, I want to touch a little bit on his mistakes. He mentioned them. He goes, "Hey, in this journey." A, there were times where things didn't go so well. So until then, keep it locked to the Easy Does It podcast. Part two is on the way. Easy Does It, that's how we do. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at Easy Equities.